Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now on to the show. Yes. Hey everyone, welcome to Pardon the Intermission. I'm Eric. And I'm Jason. Wow, sound a little low there. I don't know. Is it my volume? No, I'm maybe sound, it's my I'm my coming ears. through loud and clear in my head. Wow. Could be I probably have allergies, man. It's like you know, your ears be. get all plugged up and I can't even hear myself. Yeah, I hate that. It's kinda of like the yeah. reverse happens with me too. Like when I get all well, like when I can't hardly hear, I get plugged up in my nose and I can't smell anything. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's the same thing with me too. And it feels like I'm not only flying thirty five thousand feet in the air, but it also feels like I'm in running through a field of poppies, you know? And so allergies <laughs> like, galore. Like Wizard of Oz. Yeah, or like Wizard of Oz or like the Sting song. <laughs> field of poppies or poppies of field or gold or whatever it's called. I don't know. Oh, fields of gold. Isn't fields, fields of gold. gold. <laughs> fields of gold. Thank you. I wish I was running through fields of gold. I man. was close. I know. We all In this yeah. state, we all wish you were running through fields of gold oh, right yeah. now, man. Jeez. For sure. Yeah. Hey, uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, you oh, can yeah. check us out on our... Yeah, there's people actually listening here. We, we have a show to, to do tonight. That's we right. We show we're doing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> check out our social media. We're on uh, X... Formerly known as Twitter at PTI underscore podcast. That's right. And of course, you'll find us on Facebook at Pardon the Intermission. Hey, uh, this last week, did you yeah. watch uh, the Golden Globes? I did not even know the Golden Globes was really? on last week. So I did not even. Okay. Truth be told, I did know that they were airing last week, but I did not bother watching it, Eric. I'm done with award shows. Yeah. I'm sick and tired of it, primarily because they spend three hours and 45 minutes of a four hour broadcast about who's wearing what. And who yeah. looks good in a silk mame dress? You know, well, you fine, know, and, great. And, 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 and you're right. And, and I'm the same way. I didn't watch it either. I could, yeah. To be honest, I could care less. But but yeah. you're right because it used to be fun. I would even sit there. I remember we would sit there. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, before we had streaming and all this content, uh, you know, at our fingertips. But, you know, oh, when, our, when we just had a few cable right. channels and, you know. But anyway, wow. you, you'd watch E. Right. They'd have yeah. the red carpet. Mm-hmm. It was kind of fun when the actors were like, yeah. eh, they didn't take themselves too seriously. Maybe yeah, right, a little right. serious. Now it's just, it's it's uh, humorless. It's humorless. It's no holds barred. It's like, okay, let's go ahead, re- receive our award. And instead of giving a thank you speech, let's go ahead and make a, a politically derisive speech that's going to tick off everybody, not named Ricky Gervais. Yeah, well, I'll no. tell you, that that's the one thing that's missing. Now, would you right? watch it if Ricky Gervais was on there? Honestly, Yes, I would watch if Ricky Gervais was on it again, because just to see the look on every on the audience oh, members' man. faces after he would come in and say something completely offensive to every race, nationality, creed, and not that I like that stuff, folks, I don't. Yeah. But honestly, look in the day and age that we're living in, seriously, poke some fun at it for crying out loud. Yeah. All right, learn to live a little. You yeah, know. you know, it, there is one thing. I don't know if I could pull it up real quick. Um, Jim, uh, what was his? Uh, Jim Gaffigan. How do you spell his last name? G A F F I G A N. Let's see if it just comes up. Yeah. Jim Gaffigan, Golden Globes. Did you hear what he said? No, I didn't. Do tell. Let's see. Uh, oh, he, he makes a joke here. Yeah. And uh, on the it says this is from the New York Post. Yeah. So it says uh, he makes Jim Gaffigan's. Uh, pedophilia joke at the Golden Globes. It says he falls flat. Ooh. I thought it was funny what he said, though. Ooh. He said, okay, let's see if I can get it here. He says, oh, so this is it. This is what he said. He said, this is so exciting for me. Now, he's on stage, right? And he's yeah. introducing an award. Okay. So he says, uh, so he's introducing uh, for the best performance in a stand-up comedy on a television in the television category, right? Okay, okay. This is what he said. Okay. This is so exciting for me. The Golden Globes, I mean... I can't, I can't even believe that I'm in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know. It's so unlikely. 
I'm from a small town in Indiana, and I'm not a pedophile. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I'm trying to see uh, the cor- I'm trying to see the correlation here. He's talking. I think because he's talking about how, like, you know, in Hollywood, you know, they kind of have a reputation. Oh, of, like with the like with Bob underage, underage. Yeah. Well, think. You know what I was thinking immediately was singer. From the X-Men. Remember that director? Oh, Brian Singer. Brian Singer. Remember him? He's got busted for underage. You yeah. had Corey Haim coming out saying that That's he was right. abused. You had, uh, no, not Corey. Yeah, Corey Haim, but what's the other one? Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. Corey Haim's yeah. the one that uh, uh, yeah. committed suicide, correct? Unfortunately, yes, Yeah, he, he did. did. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, but I mean, so that, that's what I'm saying, though. There's like story mm-hmm. after story okay, after okay. story. Yeah. So that that's the joke. So I think he was trying to do a little bit of Ricky Gervais, a little callback here to what something Ricky yeah. Gervais would say. So okay. I, yeah. Well, it sounds like it didn't come off so well. Well, I'm sure not for them. <laughs> I thought, I, I got to say, right. I think it's funny because, you know, it, it is kind of a, a screwed up uh, environment. Well, article also says there that uh, he did not make a direct reference to deceased convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein by name. However, uh. I'm sure that's what everybody was thinking when they yeah. heard that joke. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and it says, however, his joke came shortly after the more unsealed uh, Epstein okay. documents were released. Okay, non-redacted F- Epstein documents. I'm sure you all know who Jeffrey Epstein is. We're not going to go into detail. Yeah, who that knucklehead was. I don't know why the story is going into that, but I guess they're, I guess they're trying to relate it to it. To me, I, I, to me, yeah. I just think it's just because Hollywood's kind of known as yeah. you know this. Well, unsavory place, especially for kids. How many, how many, and, and the sad part, I mean, he's making a joke and I yeah. understand, but, but in all honesty, yeah, yeah, you know, we're talking about people like Corey Haim, Corey Phelps. How many, how many young people have been abused in that industry? Kids, kid stars. Oh, let's see. Drew Barrymore, Gary Coleman, uh, Rick Schroeder. Uh, Ricky Schroeder was? He, he was for a little bit. Yeah. Wow. I remember, I remember an interview he gave. Way back when, he was on the uh, popular TV series NYPD Blue, and he took over for uh, Jimmy Smith when yeah, Jimmy I remember Smith that. left. Yeah. yeah, and so uh, I remember in an interview that he gave. This was when he was on the sitcom uh, Silver Spoons, which yeah. was a popular sitcom in the mid to late. He's 80s. talking about Silver Spoons. Yeah. He, well, he's talking about when he was a child actor during that time. Yeah. how he was advanced upon by executives in the industry, not necessarily um, affiliated with the show. But like mm. studio execs who were male, who made advances on him, or who tried to get him into the <clears throat> the party way of life there in Hollywood as a young kid, and he was only I think like eight or nine, maybe ten years old when wow. he did that series. Yeah, yeah, he's, but, he was. Young. <clears throat> so yeah, you're right, Eric. Hollywood has a very notorious reputation for being an unregulated industry when it comes to. Um, <laughs> when it comes to uh, appropriate behavior and when it comes to treatment of others at the workplace. Yeah, and you know, and, and uh, uh, I don't think we were actually going to take it to this place, but we're talking yeah, how, about it. How did how we did take that proverbial fork in the road there? How did I mean, it get here? But, I, but you know, this, this is the whole, this is why I think people are like these award shows. They're, they're sick of it. First off, they're yeah, tired of, yeah. of people giving, you know, preaching to them and telling yeah. them what they should do with their lives and, how, and making it seem like these guys are so much better yeah, when in yeah. fact a lot of them... I, you talk about not even uh, pedophilia, but you talk about uh, the Me Too movement with Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, yeah. And then you had all those people, actors and actresses around him that were supporting him right before. And then all of a sudden he gets busted and then it's like, oh, yeah, you know, especially the actresses that came out and said, you know, all of a sudden they flipped it, you know, they flipped it and said, oh, yeah. you know, me too, me too. I'm glad to, I'm glad that, you know, empower women. I'm like, yeah, you weren't saying that, you know, when he was uh, backing your movie. 
That's true. When, uh, I won't mention somebody, but when the, she called him a god after she won her award yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is a very corrupt industry, uh, yes. unfortunately. And I think people are, are sick of it. And that's why you don't want to watch these crappy shows mm-hmm. where, where they're sitting there just, you know, praising themselves as so wonderful. And they're the most morally, not all of them. Not, not all, all of them. You're right. But I mean, I'm just saying the industry itself right. is so morally corrupt. And we all know it. And that's why we don't watch the show. But yeah. I will say something that's not morally corrupt. And here's the deal. Yeah. Paul Giamatti. Love Paul Giamatti. Now, Paul Giamatti won for... This was the interesting thing. Now, he yeah. was recently in the movie The Holdovers. Uh-huh. I've watched it. You haven't. Have not, no. So what? I'll, I'll wait till you watch it, and then <laughs> yeah. we'll do a review on it. Let's do that, yeah. Okay, but he won for Best Actor in a Musical or, or Comedy. Okay. Now, I'm going to say, for those of you out there who've watched The Holdovers, I think you'll probably agree with me. I don't think it was really a comedy. It was more kind of a... It, it was a drama with some, you know, it had some comedic moments in it, some com- sure. a little bit of comedy in it, sure, like yeah, any sure. drama does, but it was not, so that was kind of interesting. I just don't know, maybe they wanted to give it to him, they didn't know how to do it because they knew uh, Cillian Murphy was going to win for oh, Oppenheimer, right? I don't doubt, so, yeah, right. <clears throat> anyway, this guy, do you know anything about him? Now, how, what about him and his reputation in Hollywood? <laughs> Paul Giamatti has an outstanding reputation. He is a fantastic, fantastic character actor. He's one of my favorites. He was nominated for multiple awards over the years. He was nominated, I think, for a Best Supporting Actor Oscar in Sideways, mm. which is a fantastic coming-of-age movie. Sideways was, is an amazing movie. Sideways is a fantastically that written thing was story. Made, it, was, it was an independent film made on a shoestring budget. Pretty much. It was written by Alexander Payne and um, also directed by him as well. And yeah, Paul Giamatti, he played a, uh, uh, an English teacher who was an aspiring writer who was basically at a point in his life where he was suffering a midlife crisis. Yeah. And so he uh, goes with his friend, Thomas And he Church. loses his girlfriend. He lo- he's losing everything, essentially. He, he's a divorcee. So he uh, well, goes... that's what it was. He was a divorcee. A divorcee, yeah. yeah. So his friend, Thomas Hayden Church, is getting married. And so <laughs> yeah. he decides to and take... And he's the actor, the self-absorbed, self-absorbed actor, actor, Hollywood, just what we're talking named about, Jack, right? right. Just what so, we're talking about, the corrupt, moral Hollywood. So, so brief synopsis of the movie is they both go on a guys-only road trip up the California coastline. It's kind of because he's country. getting married, so it's kind of like a bachelor party-esque <laughs> yeah. road trip. Exactly. But yeah. Giamatti was spot-on perfect in that movie as the divorce say suffering through a midlife crisis yeah. which essentially was what he was doing he was also outstanding in a movie called cinderella man with russell mm. crowe where he played oh, yeah. uh, based on the real life story about, about him jim braddock he was jim he played jim braddock's trainer mm. uh he was also outstanding uh in another movie that really the movie itself is not good but he was great in a role in a movie called the illusionist with uh edward norton uh, he played a he, play, he played a uh, played a police inspector in that movie a uh, a tenacious police inspector who's trying to track down Edward Norton's character who accuses him of uh, ripping people off in his magic shows okay and he's trying to prove that Edward Norton is a fake or a fraud essentially is what he's doing and then Giamatti has mm. also he's been in several other films and another unknown fact that some may may not know is that he is the son of former Major League Baseball Commissioner Bart Giamatti. Ah. And if you know who Bart Giamatti is, Bart Giamatti is the commissioner who banned uh, Hall of, or not Hall of Famer. He banned Pete Rose, Pete Rose from Major League yeah. Baseball for life for gambling on his own team to win or lose baseball games. So, yeah, he's the son of Bart Giamatti. Fantastic actor, though. Now, let me ask you this. What about his <clears throat> yeah. personal life? Do you, is he a pretty stand-up guy, moral guy, do you think? Or have you heard some – there's been some stuff? I, I don't know much about him and his yeah. background. <clears throat> so from what I've heard, he is one of the guys that you want to be around. 
I haven't okay. heard anything just bad a about him. Pretty level-headed guy. Pretty level-headed guy. He's actually a very private person. He doesn't stick out in a crowd. He likes to keep a low profile. You're never going to find him on the tabloids. You're never going to find him yeah. on the on the main. He's one of those guys that he just be <clears throat> shopping at Target. You wouldn't even know exactly. who he was. Yeah, he he just seems very humble, very down to earth. And uh, he's if there's anybody I would want to meet in Hollywood, it would be him. Not only for his reputation as a performer, but as a person as well. Well, we've got a story here. The reason I'm asking you all this because you yes. posted a story here, and I thought this was yes. freaking amazing. So yes, I did tell, tell us about this story because this is amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So like Eric said, Paul uh, Giamatti just won a Golden Globe for his performance in a movie. Called the holdovers. Well, what happens after these award shows? Most actors go to uh, awards. Well, yeah, you got the big, the big parties, the Vanity Fair wrap up parties. The, yeah, and yeah. you hobnob with all the fellow the after parties. Yeah. That's the yeah, so you go there the place you, to be seen. You continue to be regal. Well, what does Paul Giamatti do? He ditches the after parties, folks, and he goes to an In and Out Burger. Yes, and Amazing. if you don't believe me, what I need you to do is you can go on to either people.com, which is where I extracted this story from, or you can even check it out on TMZ. It's made its way on all the popular websites. Paul Giamatti went to an In-N-Out Burger in Westwood, which is a, a suburb down in Los Angeles where the University of California at Los Angeles is located. He goes and he celebrates his award by going into an In-N-Out and scarfing down a double-double. Yeah, they even they have a picture of him yes. here. He's got the award yes. right here in front of him on the table, mm-hmm. and he's sitting here at an still in, in his tuxedo, and he's still in his tuxedo. Yes. And, and it looks like he's on his amazing. phone. There. This, this is like yes. something I would do, man. This, this yes. is because I mean and that's the, what the guy is so cool because oh. he's like that's like something I would do. And by the way, folks, I did post this story on our Facebook page at Pardon the Intermission. So oh, nice. You, yeah, you can find a link to the story on our Facebook page. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, this 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 is why I that's why I was asking you about him and uh, and his you know who like yeah. behind the scenes who is he really you know in his in his private life yep and th- this is so cool so he just really seems like a very down to earth guy mm-hmm. now he plays a teacher in this movie and it's funny you yeah. said he was also a uh, teacher or former teacher trying to be a novelist in sideways in sideways yeah and he talks about how in the, in this thing he talks about his whole family I guess except for his uh, was it you said his dad was uh, the commissioner. His dad, Bart Giamatti, was the yeah. former commissioner of Major League Baseball. Because he talks about it in his article. He's talking about yeah. how uh, in his speech he mentioned that his whole family mm-hmm. are teachers. He says teachers are good people. Yeah. Um, gotta, gotta respect, respect them. them. Gotta respect them, yeah. They do a good thing. It's a tough job. So this is for teachers as well. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So he, so he, play, he, plays, he plays a great role in this. The thing about Paul uh, uh, Giamatti is that to me, he, he kind of he's one of those guys who can play. He plays the same character. I don't mm-hmm. see. He's just. He, he, I don't see a big range, wide range in him. Right. He's not going to be like a. Uh, right. Who am I thinking of? Who played uh, Gangs of New York? Uh, You're thinking of Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis, where he's you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's not going to transform necessarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. not going to transform himself or play, yes. you know, Lincoln or this mm-hmm. or that. Yeah. But uh, uh, but he's just one of those guys. He he plays basically the same type of character, but he's mm-hmm. so believable and he's yes. cast so well. Yes, he is. And he, that he fits those roles so well yes. that you don't <laughs> sit there and think, oh, it's Paul Giamatti playing the yeah. same character. You know what I mean? He, you just yeah. believe him in what he's in. Yeah, and the thing about him is that he's never really been a lead actor slash star per se, because even when he was in Sideways, he wasn't really the main... Who was the main? I thought he was the main in that. Well, the interesting thing about Sideways, Eric, is that there really is no perceived star per se, because Thomas Hayden Church is in it with him. So is Sandra Oh, who was in uh, the TV series Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. And then so was Virginia Madsen. 
So it has the whole movie really has an outstanding ensemble cast. There's not one actor mm. that sticks out heads or heels above the other. I would I would still <laughs> say though, Paul, if he won Best Supporting Actor, I I, I think they probably gave it to him because they couldn't give him. Maybe they were going to give it to somebody else. But oh, probably yeah. I, I I still think he was leading that to me because okay. the story for me it this, centers around him. Yeah, it centers so, around. Yeah. It starts with him. It ends yeah. with him. Mm-hmm. You know, to Which me does, that's yeah. what that's what I would say. Okay, yeah. Um, that's that's just my opinion. But yeah. anyway. Yeah, but he but you're right. I mean, he but he plays these same type of characters mm-hmm. and you're yeah. saying he's not really the leading man. And I think yeah. that's what it is about yeah. it. It's, he's unassuming in his roles and he doesn't say like, "Yes, I'm the leading man. I'm here." You yeah. see like a Tom Cruise mm-hmm. and you know Tom Cruise is the leading man. You know, it's just right. like that that's just the way it is. Right. I mean, he's got that star power, but with Paul exactly. Giamatti, he's kind of one of those guys that he just kind of slips in under the radar, but he's so good. He's one of those actors where when you're sitting back and you're watching a movie, you recognize the star, but you're actually left with a more indelible impact from, oh, that guy. You know, when yeah. you watch a movie, you say, hey, I know that guy. He was in that movie. And Here's, so you end up you end up remembering him rather than the star who well, was in the movie. I'll give you another example too, and 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 I'm like I said, we'll review holdovers yeah. when. Um, but I will give you this little uh, tidbit of information. Yeah, it's one of those movies, and and because of, of the way that Paul Giamatti played his character, and the other actors did yeah. a great job too. But yeah, but for Paul Giamatti, he's it's one of those movies mm-hmm. that you don't want to end. You want to see where else the story goes. It's right. like when the ending is coming. That's what I mean. It's, it's, and that's, to me, that's one of the highest compliments because, you know, when I'm in a movie, I'm, of course, if I'm like, okay, great, it's finally over, right? Then you know you're yeah. done with it. Mm-hmm. But if there's a story that that's being told and, you, and you're so immersed in it and the actors are doing such a great job, everybody's doing such a great job yeah. with the film – that you want the story to go on because you want to see what happens to these other what what happens after this. You Another know? great role of his that just popped to mind, straight out of Compton, which is a biopic about. Oh yeah, uh, that's right. He played. Uh, he played the record executive who signed Easy E, Dr. Yep. Dre, to their label uh, when they became NWA, the rap group. Now I will say that about him. I'll say he can play. It's funny because he can kind of he plays the same role, but yeah. he can tweak it a little bit to either be like the nice guy or he's the the a hole, the guy right? you want to root against. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he's like exactly. so he can he can yeah. tweak it. So when I say there's not yeah. a range, I mean that's not it's not completely true. There's a, there is I mean he's good at what he does, and yes. like I said, he can tweak those roles, mm-hmm. but he's so believable in his roles, right? And, and, right. They, and they come across so yeah. easy. I'm, I shouldn't say easy, but they come across to where you don't see the actor. You're seeing the the character yeah. that he's portraying. I mean, you completely <clears throat> buy what he's selling. And you know, going back to that story about him going to In and Out, <clears throat> the funniest yeah. thing to me about that photo, Eric is that he's sitting there at the table in his tuxedo, looking at his phone while he's eating, enjoying his food, and everyone else in that photo appears to not even recognize him. Yeah, I don't even think they know. They're probably just saying, what what the hell is this guy, what is Grandpa doing in there in his suit? Exactly, yeah. (laughs) So that's the best part of that photo, is it's so unassuming. He's just like another regular, ordinary Tom, Dick, and Harry like you and I. I think it too, I think it too, it said that not, it wasn't just him, I think there was a few people, it wasn't just like he was there by himself, I think a few people with him. Oh, okay. I I, I thought I read in the story here, Yeah. let me see, Uh, the actor, um, I thought it said there were a few people that went with him, so I don't think it was just him by himself, there might have been like a couple, you know, a few people from his entourage or whatever. Sure, okay. uh, I couldn't wait to get a hold of a case of Paul Giamatti, keeping it real. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I thought it said that, maybe I put that in there. Because it says there, yeah, he was, uh, um, 
seated in the lobby of the fast food joint, still dressed in his tuxedo with his Golden Globe hardware visible, just sitting there on the table. Right there on the table with him, yeah. As he prepared <clears throat> as he to chow down, down on his meal. <laughs> and like just like you said, other patrons <clears throat> also seemed to be, uh, that were in the picture, seemed to be preoccupied with their uh, yeah. personal orders. Yeah. So um, I'll yeah. admit, if I saw him in In-N-Out, I would literally drop my space in line, go up to him, shake his hand, and say, "Sir, I respect you well, for who you are and your work." You know, you know? it's I, I would you know I would think I would I would be able to do that, but I've never been one to really like I don't know go up to people even when I see him famous people. I, Plus, because yeah. I think one is that I don't want to be that guy. Like I don't want to be like, oh you great, res- this guy's. You, you want to respect their privacy. I want to respect their privacy, yeah, yeah. And, and you and know, I re- that's good. I respect that. I, I think what it would be cool is if just an acknowledgement, like, uh, hey, man, you know, you got the award, good job, you know, and just and just leave it at that. Instead or if you're wearing a hat, just kind of give a tip of the hat. right? Yeah, yeah, there yeah. You yeah there you okay. go, tip of the hat. Yeah, <laughs> okay. that would be awesome. Yeah, nice. So anyway, that was a great story, man. I love it. Um, yeah, thank it makes you. it makes me like him as a person even more. Yeah, um, most definitely. Yeah, so. Uh, hey, cool. speaking of, you know, we were talking about Tom Cruise here a second ago being yeah. a leading man. Now, you had this yeah. other story that uh, you threw up here. What, what's going on with the Top Gun? Oh, good Lord. Okay, so coming off the heels of a fantastic Top Gun Maverick movie is news coming from comicbookmovies.com that Top Gun 3 is in the works. No. Yes. And apparently... Eject, eject, eject. <coughs> eject, eject. Negative, Ghost Rider. The pattern is full. <laughs> so apparently the lead star himself is obviously going to return. And along with Miles Teller and Glenn Powell, who were the two other, I guess, stars of the film, and uh, yeah, there. Glenn Powell was he the uh, was he the other hotshot pilot? He was the other hotshot pilot. I okay. think his name. Uh, so Miles Teller played Rooster, who was Goose's son. Goose's son, yeah. Glenn Powell portrayed. Um, what was his name? I want to say it was Haywire. I don't remember his call sign again. Okay. I forgot what it was. But he played the main, I guess you could call him the antagonist to Rooster because he was always competing with yeah. Rooster. You know, He's kind for, of the Iceman. <clears throat> he was the to, Iceman of to, that movie. To Maverick, yeah. Yeah, that's, that, right, but, that's so right. So to, to Miles Teller <clears throat> yeah. Maverick, yeah. So according to the story here, uh, the script for Top Gun 3 is currently being worked on by Maverick co-writer Aaron Kruger with producers Jerry Bruckheimer and David Ellison involved. And then Joseph Kosinski, who directed Top Gun Maverick, is expected to return to either direct or produce. Also, according to reports, Top Gun 3 could be Cruz's next movie after the forthcoming Mission Impossible 8. Eric, I got to tell you, I mean, switch switch from guns to missiles here on this one because (laughs) I I don't like this. Eric, this has the smell of cash cow written all over it. And we've seen what the almighty powerful buck has done to some great movie franchises out there. Maybe with the exception of Mission Impossible, where the movies have actually gotten better as mm. they have gone on. <clears throat> but still, regardless, I'm skeptical, Eric. I'm a little concerned that they're just going to drag the series out and we're going to have like another Fast and Furious franchise where we're going to see like Top Gun 20 here. And it's well, going to feature Maverick's grandson as the next generation <laughs> of pilot. Who uh, uh, played by Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> right? No, I. you know, the thing is, I don't know what... Um, they're pretty tight-lipped here. I'm, I'm trying to look in the story. We're looking right yeah. now online here. I, I don't see anything about... They're, they're saying it's pretty tight-lipped about what the story's going to be about. Yeah. Uh, you know, it. I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this, yeah. I, I'm not happy about this because yeah. I think Top Gun 2, that was a great ending to the story. Yeah. But, you know, if they're going to continue it and if, like, Tom is going to be... 
if he's going to be just kind of a side character and then let Miles Teller and, and let Glenn Powell kind of take over as the main characters, yeah. maybe there'll be something there. But I don't know what else can they do. Here, oh, I, yeah. I, here's the thing, right? What? I mean, here's what I was thinking. Um, they could uh, they could end up maybe, uh, uh, what's his name? A Maverick gets mm-hmm. shot down. He was just doing a routine flying. He was testing a jet. He gets shot down enemy territory. Okay. Right? And then the uh, the Air Force, the na- Naval, uh, uh, the Navy doesn't want to go after him because he's with the Navy, not the Air Force. Right. The the Navy doesn't want to go after him, but Miles has to then put together him and, and Glenn Powell are putting together this ragtag team okay. to go and fly in there in enemy lines and go get him and then come back, right? Okay. And then I, I was thinking they could do something like that. And then it dawned on me, wait, isn't that the plot to like Iron, Iron Eagle? Iron Eagle, I was just going to say. <laughs> Rip off. Yeah. Where's Lewis Gossett Jr.? Um, or, or Jason Gedrick. Yeah. yeah. No, that, uh, anyway, that's Iron Eagle. You guys should go check out Iron Eagle. Great movie from the 80s. Anyway, is, yeah. another another uh, airplane movie. Yep. Um, but anyway, no, I don't know what they could do with this, but, uh, it, it's, I'm not too excited. Maybe they can continue the story with the newer characters. It might be interesting, but Mm -hmm. what else could they really tell in a plane like that? Maybe because the second film was really about advanced, advanced aerial combat. As far as technology is concerned, maybe they could do a plot where, um, Glenn Powell and Miles Teller are trying to become, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they get to go to pilot. Top Gun. Maybe, yeah. Well, I mean, they were already in Top Gun anyway, weren't they? Were they? I don't, yeah, I were they? they were. Oh, no, I think they were. Huh? <clears throat> I think they were, yeah. So maybe they could do some kind of a story where they actually mm. end up, um, Oh, maybe they could do a story where like, okay, so Miles Teller is, so Glenn Powell is the pilot. Miles Teller is his Rio, his uh, radio uh, engineering operator. That's okay. the acronym for that second of mine in the cockpit there. And so maybe there's, ooh, maybe they do a scene where they're both flying some kind of a top secret mission like they mm. did in the previous film. But then Rooster's plane gets shot down as they're trying, or I'm sorry, Glenn Powell's jet that they're in gets shot yeah. down. And then when he goes to eject, he can't reach the ejection handle. He asks Miles Teller to do it. When Miles Teller does it, he hits the canopy. Oh, my gosh. And then, <laughs> may, I don't know. As long as they know. got a volleyball scene on the beach, right? I don't think anybody will care. Well, they okay. Got... They did volleyball and Top Gun. They did football and Top Gun Maverick. Maybe, Maybe they do uh, wiffle ball. No, pickleball. Pickleball. Oh, there you go. Pickleball That's right. Pickleball's real, real popular now. <laughs> right. They'll do pickleball. Or they could do this. One one more idea we'll throw out there. Well, or maybe they, they could, find out about a government conspiracy. This. No, what will happen is that they're, they're at the age right now with technology. The yeah. AI is getting ready to take over. And it's going to be drones, and it's going to be Top Gun, uh, uh, Rooster, and whatever the Drone. Powell character's name right. is against uh, the new Terminator. Oh, yeah, so it's going to be Skynet against Top Gun. Okay, I, don't know. I can see that. Yeah, anyway, I don't know. It's getting crazy. Okay, yeah. listen. Speaking of flight, we're going to move on here. Speaking of flight, yeah, uh, another story here. Star Trek's got another movie coming out, but this one is from the uh, director of Andor. Which is interesting. Yes, and it's gonna be so. It's gonna be Star Trek Four, which yeah. is in the works, and it's called uh, the Final Chapter. Mm-hmm. And th- this is the one with the the newer 
characters with a new Kirk and all yes. the, the whole new crew, Bones yes. and all these guys. Yes. So, yeah, it's been a while since we've heard anything from Star Trek on the big screen. So what this story is in reference to, folks, is if you recall, the first, the previous three Star Trek films with Chris Pine as Captain Kirk, you had obviously the original Star Trek, and then you had Star Trek Into Darkness, Star Trek Beyond. This movie that we're talking about in this article would be the fourth film in that franchise. Yeah. Star Trek fans refer to it as the Kelvin timeline. So what makes it interesting is that the Kelvin timeline mm. isn't part of the main Star Trek timeline slash canon per se, even though the events that took place in the first Star Trek film <clears throat> kind of influenced the way Star Trek Picard was made because the main plot in Star Trek in the first one involved Eric Bana, who played this um, who played this hell-bent on Romulan. destruction Romulan named yeah. Nero, came back in time from the 24th century where Spock was an ambassador during the next generation yeah. timeline. Fast forward to... And that's when his father died. <laughs> and that's when his father died, yeah. So even though the Kelvin timeline is not considered by mainstream Star Trek fans like us to be part of who the original Star Trek Who was played by canon, Chris Hemsworth, who was supposed to come back in this. Who was supposed to, yes. So and also just to let you know that there have been rumors about a fourth Star Trek film in this Kelvin timeline for quite some time, but it has run into so many roadblocks not even related to the COVID-19 pandemic and the writer's strike. Yeah. But apparently here, uh, this article alludes to the fact that there is going to be a fourth one. They're talking about pre-development right now. And then also, um, this um, uh, the fourth film, I believe, is going to be directed by the Andor director, if I'm not too much Yeah, mistaken. Toby Hayes. <clears throat> Toby Haynes, thank you. Yeah, so um, Toby Hayes and I guess Seth uh, Graham Smith okay. uh, is going to be uh, writing the script. Now, this is okay. an art from an article in Variety. In Variety Magazine, yeah. In Variety Magazine. So here's the thing. So what they say is that the plot details are kept under wraps. They're not really saying, but, they're, but they are saying that uh, there's going to be, let's see, Idris Elba will be playing a lizard-like dictator named Krull. Who, well, he played Krull in Star Trek Beyond. Okay. I, I, I have to go back and, and watch that. And yeah. it says, so that's so supposedly the Enterprise crash lands on this mysterious world, right? Okay, so... After you, being attacked. Oh, well, what you're referencing is Star Trek Beyond. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, no, no, no. I'm, oh, good. I'm getting confused. Okay, you're good, okay. You're good. You're good. Don't worry. Oh, he says, meanwhile, <laughs> the first reboot film is going to remain in development. Okay. Oh, the third film. You're right. Star Trek Beyond. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I was getting confused here by the uh, by the article. I know. It doesn't take much to get me confused. No, don't worry about it. It's all good. Okay. So anyway, um, what, I, what, I, what they're getting at, though, right, is that basically, I guess Chris Helmsworth is coming back right, in this article, right? Did I get that right? So, so it's going to be this whole Kelvin timeline thing. Is there going to be this whole uh, going like this whole time... Uh, overlap or or whatever, right? Between yeah. so basically, Kirk will get to meet his father. Yes. So which in, I, which what do you think about this? Okay. Well, I think that's very pertinent to bring up because in the original Star Trek canon, George Kirk never, you know, James T. Kirk grew up to knew his father. Okay, but yeah. in the in the Star Trek movie, J.J. Abrams' version of Star Trek, which came out in two thousand nine. Uh, Chris Hemsworth, who played George Kirk, was killed saving his wife and his son from the attack by the Romulan known as Nero. Okay, and so since the first, since that movie, 
not only dealt with time travel, but also dealt with alternate reality. Mm. Because that Star Trek movie, even though it's based on the characters from the original series, it also deals with an alternate timeline. And there are several references made in that movie to an alternate timeline. So you have to figure then, with that being the case, they're going to go back and do something where they either go back and where Kirk maybe attempts to go back in time to save his father, Mm. or something is done to reverse the timeline that they're in right now. Eric, they could go so many directions with this because of the whole timeline premise that was created by the first film that Lord yeah. Lord knows what kind of what kind of plot it's we're going to get. Kind of like the Marvel multiverse. Yeah, kind of it thing. is. And this is what irritated me about those movies the most is that J.J. Abrams didn't really consider the Star Trek canon when he made these films because mm. by pulling a character from who exists in the timeline of the next generation and bringing him back into an alternate reality not only did that mess things up for the next generation timeline, but it messed things up for what they did here in these films. So, yeah, well, you know, that's, and this is what I was getting at. Now, uh, yeah, if you guys remember, it was a Star Trek Beyond. That's the one. Uh, that's the first one in the series, right? No, so, oh, Star, so Star Trek is the first one in the series. Just regular Star Trek. Regular Star that's Trek. That's the one. Okay, yeah. so his father dies. Is that the one with Nero? That's the one with Nero. Yes. Oh, yeah. So his father mm-hmm. dies, and Chris Hemsworth. So basically. Yes. His father, the, the last we see of his father is he's on the mm-hmm. Kelvin. Yeah. The, uh, the captain's been killed by Nero. Yes. And so the, basically he's going to ram the ship because there's no way he's going to be able to fight Nero's ship. So he's going right. to, he rams the ship. He, he basically, everybody, he, he uh, uh, evacuates mm-hmm. everybody off the ship, including his pregnant wife yep. at the time. And he and just goes he, kamikaze. And he goes kamikaze. He right goes head on right into Nero's ship. Yes. And that's the last we see of, of, of his father, which is played by Chris Hemsworth. Precisely. So here's the deal. I, I'm, I'm with you on this. I don't like this. I'm so kind of tired of this multiverse thing because I don't like things when they're not. What I do is I, and I've talked about this before on the show, it weakens the story itself mm-hmm. when there's all this multiverse and things aren't a definite. And I know, like you said, the whole yeah. Spock thing already screwed this up. Yep. So this was from the, the first movie. This isn't yeah. not this movie. Yeah. But it's, it's, I don't. I just don't like it because there's nothing that's ever permanent. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, they're dead, but then they're going to come back. You know they're coming back. You know what I mean? So yeah. it kind of takes yeah. you out of the connection yeah. of the character, what yeah. happens to them anyway. That's my gripe. And it. you know what else is interesting about that is that you have a guy who directed a Star Wars series directing a Star Trek movie. And I bring that up because J.J. Abrams is not – when J.J. Abrams direct, agreed to direct the, the first Star Trek film, he's not even a Star Trek fan – Per se, mm. he he got in, he got introduced to this to the franchise by Roberto Orsi and Alex Kurtzman, who are diehard Star Trek fans. Okay, and they've worked with Abrams on a number of his, his films in the past, including Mission Impossible Three, and even they worked with Abrams on his popular uh, TV series Lost. So they must have thought at the time and that so, he was a good a good fit to <clears throat> propel that story forward. Exactly, and so J.J. Abrams, when he stepped into the role of director's chair, he didn't know anything about Star Trek. But he's a, a lifelong Star Wars fan. He has okay. more allegiance to Star Wars than he does to Star Trek. And my concern didn't with show in the movies. R- no kidding. <laughs> so my my concern with, fooled me. Right, exactly. My concern with this director of Andor, even though he did a great job on the Andor series, what does he know about Star Trek? What does he know about the canon? Much like Star Wars, Eric, mm. when you're going to direct a Star Trek movie, you need to be familiar with the canon. You need to be familiar with the characters. You need to have respect for that franchise like Star Wars fans want their creators to have respect for that franchise. And well, so you, 
I, I will say this though, in his defense, with Andor, I don't know his this guy's background, and yeah. and and even though I don't know if he's a Star Wars fan and he knows a lot about the canon, but I will say he did yeah. a good job with Andor because Andor, and I've talked about it on this show before. Yeah, it is a good, it's a good Star Wars show that doesn't necessarily. It's not, you know, the the mm-hmm. original Star Wars feel, sure. but it has a, it was well well done and I definitely accepted it as mm-hmm. its own Star Wars story. Yeah. So I will give that to him and okay. I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But I hear what you're saying. You're worried about what does he know? What what's going to happen? Is it going to be one of these deals where it yeah. just you know, it's just some story in outer space and has nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, the, the problem though, but like you mentioned before, the problem is they've already screwed up with this whole timeline nonsense you know and redoing it i I will say that i i'm excited about it because Mm -hmm. i do like chris pine as captain kirk i like all the characters i think i thought they did a great job casting and the way they portrayed those characters without making a caricature of them or without trying to be just something totally different i thought they did a good job of representing the original characters but kind of on a different timeline i i understood that i accepted that you know but i i thought they did a good job What, what did you think about that i mean just in general with with the Star Wars with 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 the way they did you know Scotty and Bones and, and the only uh, portrayal I didn't like was Simon Pegg Scotty, really yeah why is that I liked him because the original character of Mister Scott was not over the top eccentric the way Simon Pegg's version of Scotty was mm. if that makes any sense to me well okay I'll say this I I, I think when you said that it just kind of it's like. I think Scotty uh, originally was more understated, comic relief. Yes. And 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 this and Simon Pegg's is more overstated. And very loud, very boisterous, very yeah. flamboyant. Scotty was none of that. He wasn't loud. He wasn't boisterous. But see, that's he what wasn't I mean, though. He, he kind of played his own. I mean, they played their own way with it. I don't think it's the same thing with well, Kirk. I mean, everything was overstated. Like Kirk was a little overstated mm-hmm. in in the new version. Um, I would say the only one that was probably real on would be Carl Urban, would be Bones. And I like that. And look, it's just so you know, I, I, I get I get the comparisons here. I'm not expecting exact carbon copy performance replica duplicates yeah. from the, the new actors. You just weren't happy with it. I just wasn't happy with his version yeah, of Scott. It. Yeah, got that's it. what it was. As, as far as Carl Urban playing uh, Bones, I loved it. Love Zachary Kinto playing Spock. That was yeah. one of the... Well, yeah, Zachary Kinto did a good job. But yeah. that was one... I, I would say Bones... I'll say the other guy, too, on that on the series, mm-hmm. uh, Strange New Worlds, does a good job of playing Spock, too. Oh, that's Ethan uh, Peck. Yeah. yeah, Ethan Peck. Oh, that's right, does, Gregory yeah. Peck, yeah. Gregory um, Peck's grandson. I'll say Bones is probably the yeah. hardest... Would be one of the hardest characters to play mm-hmm. just because of all the well-known quotes yeah. that he has in the original series. Yeah. So it was it was... I mean, it was really good to see him come come off and still have that feel to yeah, him, but not definitely. be a caricature. Like I said, not be a caricature. You know, Kirk was a little... I do like Chris Pine's interpretation of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Kirk was a little over the top, too. You know, I know yeah. Captain Kirk is over yeah. the top, but... But I think Chris's interpretation was a little over the top compared to the original. But I still yeah. accepted it, you know, for what is a different yeah. story. It's a newer generation. And they definitely I didn't say listen. newer generation, but yeah. it's a, a newer take on it. And they definitely didn't listen to Beastie Boys while they were flying a starship in space. 
from no, the that was when he was series. driving a Corvette. Wasn't he driving a Corvette? Well, he was in the first film, but then <laughs> in Star Trek Beyond, when they uh, were able to repair the USS Franklin and take off from the planet to fight Crawl, um, <clears throat> they played Beastie Boys over a loudspeaker system. So, well, the, well wait a minute, no. I mean, then, then like a next generation, <laughs> then they always have these callbacks to like you know ancient Earth music and ancient classical right? music. Well, it's classical, but that was the that was, those guys are more uh, cultured. We're talking about you know the crew of the Enterprise. The True. Original, uh, okay, but if classical music if classical music survived into the next generation, but Led Zeppelin, Beastie Boys, and Metallica didn't, then how come Beastie <laughs> Boys is being played in this timeline right now? I don't, uh, know. I don't know. I don't know. Inquiring minds want to know. I don't know. I'll let that one slide. <laughs> all right. All right. Hey, we got uh, we got one more story uh, yeah. real quick before we got to go. We're running a little over oh. as as usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you're super excited about this. What is going on with the Mandoverse here? Oh, I lost it. What's going on with the Mandoverse? Yeah, so the Mandoverse is heading to the big screen. No folks, no yes. way. Shocking I'm so news. excited. Can't you tell? After the much ballyhooed and disappointed ending to season three of The Mandalorian, we just found out uh, earlier this week that John Favreau is going to be directing a theatrical version oh. which will feature uh, Mando and Grogu. Why? Now, why? Why? Exactly. Exactly. Why? We don't know the title of the film. We just know that Mando and Grogu are going to be in it. We know John Favreau is going to direct it. So, yeah. Eric, let's just kind of skim on here. Is there, are there any other details about this soon-to-be doom-failed uh, film here? No, it just says it's a continuation of the Disney Plus series. No okay. details are out. Uh, okay. I don't even know if Pedro Pascal will be in it at this point. Mm. Uh, yeah. He's too busy getting ready for Fantastic Four, right? That's yeah, gonna be so that's true. Fun. Uh, should, should we hit the button Dave, for this one? Wh- which one? I think it's the, this one, right? Yeah. No, this no, one. The other one. That one. Sorry. Yeah. I gotta get my <laughs> I gotta get my buttons in order. Get your buttons in order, Dan. I know. I don't know what buttons. I'm pushing all kinds of all buttons. Right. Um anyway, yeah, it just says that Dave Filoni will produce the new movie alongside Favreau. Here's the deal. Star Wars like I told you last uh last show, Star Wars is dead. It's done, it's over. So I, I'm not even excited about it. This to me, this is gonna be a streaming. I'm just gonna wait till it comes out on streaming. I'll tell you right now. I'll guarantee it. Um, yeah, because we're talking about there's several other Star Wars features in development. We talked about this one last time too with uh, Charmaine Obeid Chinoy. Yeah. Uh, let's see, James Mangold and Filoni will also develop uh, a Ahsoka. Season of Ahsoka. Okay, another boring season of Ahsoka. It's re- interesting that James Mangold is attached to that. I actually like James Mangold's work. He's done some mm. really, really good films like Logan, uh, the remake of 310 to Yuma. He also did an underrated movie, underratedly good movie called Copland with Sylvester Stallone and oh, Robert I've never De Niro. seen that one. Oh, Copland's great. You need to see it. Okay. It's very good. Well, you know, the problem is is that I just don't have any faith in, in the uh, the powers that be. I can't say at, that I blame you. At Disney Lucasfilm to yeah. put out a good product. I don't care who they attach to it. Yeah, can't say I blame you. They could you. attach George Lucas at this point, and I would still, if the same people are there running it, I would still have the same feeling. Can't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no so... I don't know, man. I'm not looking. Uh, we'll, we'll keep I'm you guys. We'll, we'll keep you guys updated on the soon-to-be tragedy here. But I, uh, I, yeah. I think I think they're making a mistake because I think Mandalorian <laughs> should have stayed on Disney Plus. I, I really don't think it's a, it's a big screen product itself. Nope. And, unless they did it like with the Marvels and just brought all the Disney sh- series together. I think they are going to do that though, right? They're, they are. They're probably going to have uh, Soka in this. They're probably going to bring in 
main characters into this. I would imagine and try they would, to make yeah. it like a, a you know like end game. Yeah, they're gonna thing. do like their own version of Avengers Endgame. Maybe yeah, who knows? Yeah, the Revenge of Boba Fett or something. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, but anyway, so yeah, that's it. <laughs> Whoa, that's all the show we have. Talk about disappointing we, we endings. We talk about a oh, lot. Good, yeah, well, we that's a disappointing ending, but we had a great start. Thanks, Paul yeah. Giamatti and his uh, In and Out. Uh, I'm yeah. hungry, man. I want to go get some in and out. I know, right? right? Along with your Golden Globe statue. Well, hey. yeah, my fake one, yeah. We had a fun show tonight, folks. Yes, and thank you for listening. Remember, check us out on yep. our social media. If you can, leave a review. It helps us in the algorithm. And and don't forget to give us those five-star reviews, the most important right. thing. Catch yep. you guys on the next one. Peace out. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now, I want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around. It's called The No Focus Radio Hour. It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour.